Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. We are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. I can't thank you guys enough. Week after week, we just keep growing, and I love you guys. Thank you for believing in me. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you so much for believing in me as well. You have been so amazing to me. And I'd like to thank all of our guests who have been on the show previously. I mean, the vulnerability, the courage, the, the, the positivity, the challenges, everything has been so beautiful. I'm just so grateful for all of that. And, and we're, 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 I mean, we're going viral because of that and because of the amazing guests. And today is no difference. Today we are joined by Christy Jex. Christy, thank you for joining us today. Oh, I'm so giddy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. A little background on Christy. Um, she's gone through a lot in her life and and she's also overcome a lot in her life. And she's going to share some things that are really going to hit you in the heart. Uh, she was on the verge of bankruptcy, divorce. She had a total health collapse. She struggles with being perfect. And a lot of us can relate with that. She's, and it's to the point where it was paralyzing for her. She's really, you know, people pleasing, all of that stuff. Um, she struggled uh, as a young girl and even a little bit today about losing her brother. Um, when, I think you were nine years old when that happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she, she struggles with overthinking things and she's just really struggled in her life but she's turned things around. She's very passionate about trap souls, helping them get out of their shame and their perfectionism and people pleasing. She's currently writing a book. She's an influencer. She's just a, a light in this world that we all need. And she's had some struggles with her own marriage that we're going to get into. And so this is going to be a very heart wrenching story today. And Christy, I just can't thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and, and sharing this with us today. Of course. Slide yeah. And go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why don't we just start, tell us where you grew up, Christy, and tell us a little bit about your childhood. Okay. So I was born in Orem, Utah, and then we moved every three years after that um, to a different state until fourth grade. So my dad oh, was wow. getting his doctorate degree in music, he's an organ professor. So we went to Kansas for three years and then Texas and Michigan. And then we moved back to Utah when I was in fourth grade. So um, we've been all over the map, um, but me and my brother at the time, we were a really tight family and we stuck together. We had a lot of fun together. My family, right. my parents have taught me joy. They know how to lighten up and have a lot of fun in life, wow. <laughs> no matter what happens. So. That was one of the pillars that we clung to um, in my childhood. And then in fourth grade is when my brother passed away very unexpectedly. And so that definitely changed what my childhood looked like. I don't remember pain before that. So I had a yeah. really beautiful childhood before that. Um, love my parents. They're some of my best friends. Um, yeah. After that is when things kind of got a little funky. I didn't really know how to process all that had happened. And he was my best friend. And so... Um, wow. But with that being said, my childhood's beautiful. I, I definitely have had my share 
of, um, of yeah. things to overcome. <clears throat> but I do feel like I've been very blessed with an awesome family. I'm now the, the oldest, my brother was, but I'm the oldest of, of five left okay. here on the earth. And so I've got, um, you know, a sister that's 21 and a brother, two other sisters in there. And they're just my joy. I absolutely oh, wow. love my family. We have a lot of fun and we're very tight. So. Yeah. You know, when, when I, I've heard this a lot with families that move a lot, you know, it's almost like the family becomes the friends because you have to, right. You, you go yeah. to a new city, a new state, you don't know anybody. You almost have to like, it kind of almost forces you to be in close to the, to your siblings. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just me and my brother for a very long time. My sister's eight years younger than me. So oh, wow. Yeah. Eight years, I, I was the youngest child for eight years. And then I was the middle child for two years. <laughs> and then I became the oldest child <laughs> Wow. My passed away. So yeah. Definitely some weird dynamics, but I definitely learned a lot from all of that. Sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. If you don't mind, I'd love to hear a little bit more around, I mean, you obviously losing your brother at a young age. Was this during all the moves too? You're doing a bunch of moves because that in itself can be kind of traumatic. And then this happens with your brother. Talk a little bit about how you took this and how your family kind of dealt with this at the time. Okay, so yeah, we always wanted to go back home to Utah because that's where my cousins, my grandmas and my aunts and uncles all were. And it was kind of like our dream to go home and be able to be around our family. We have got lots of extended family here. And so um, my dad, that was always kind of my mom and dad's end goal was to get us back to Utah so we could be with family that we love so much. Yeah. But my dad had some things to do in his career to kind of get us to the point where we could do that. Um, and so we dreamt about this. Like I remember <laughs> my brother and I like writing thank you notes to the people that gave my dad a job in Utah because oh. we were so excited to be coming home. Oh, yeah. And so about three, well, let's see, it was as we were packing up the house to move from Michigan to Utah, my brother had a really severe asthma attack mm. um, where he was without oxygen for five minutes. Um, the ambulance came and they were able, like miraculously, he had no brain damage. He didn't have any... Yeah. Um, any long-term issues. Um, and we kind of had this shift in what really matters at that point, because we, we easily could have lost him. It was just a sure. really funky, weird situation. So we fast forward, we moved. Um, that was in August when he had that really bad attack. And then we moved and we were here um, maybe just a month or two. And he was at the church playing basketball and had a, another asthma-induced cardiac arrest and was taken from us. Oh, wow. So, Sorry yeah. to hear that. Me too. Yeah. I know it's hard. It is. And we believe that we'll see him again. And that was probably the most foundational thing that helped us to get through that. Um, well, it didn't take away the heartache and the sting and the hole that was left by him leaving um, but again, I will go, always go back to a belief in the bigger picture and having joy and just learning how to laugh hard and lighten up and enjoy life. Of course, not all the time. There's a time and a season yeah. to dig in and work hard, but we always have prioritized laughing hard. <laughs> we have so much fun together and we just are idiotic and we laugh our heads off. <laughs> and I really, truly feel like that was a pillar that yeah. my, my awesome parents knew um, was part of our healing. Um, yeah. I think as well, just, you know, we were surrounded by beautiful friends and family that just came to love and support 
and do all that they could to fill that hole yeah. that we felt. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's probably the most foundational things that helped us through that. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's amazing how people will rally around you in those mo tough moments. You mentioned earlier that you said your parents taught you joy. I explain that. Oh, it's interesting because they're very different. They have different ways of doing joy. Um, mm -hmm. But my mom, she's just always been big on affirmations and big on personal development. And she has faced so much in her life yeah. and has just been a warrior through so much. And so she's had a lot of experience with um, personal development and just always striving and becoming the best version of yourself. And I mean, she used to have popsicle parties, she would say, where we'd get all my friends in the car and she'd be like, all right, we're going to the park. And she'd buy us just a massive thing of popsicles and say, the only rule is there can be no popsicles left at the end. <laughs> so we're all just <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. So she was just really good at making really small things really fun. Um, and I know she just adored me and she adores her kids. Right. My dad is just straight up idiotic in the best way. <laughs> he is so funny. He makes me laugh till I pee my pants. We watch funny movies together. We make something ridiculous out of small stuff. Uh -huh. um, for example, there was this one time he went and took me to Mervyn's back when Mervyn's was around. <laughs> Mervyn's. Wow. That's that, date, that dates it, right? <laughs> So he went to help me get some underwear. I needed some new underwear. So as we're walking back to the car, he took the brand new underwear and put them on his head. We put them on our heads with leg holes right here. <laughs> and we just walked out to the car and just did to do. We didn't care what people thought. We just laughed our heads off. Oh, that's awesome. So fun. So, I mean, just everything from little games that we'd play in the car while we're driving. He just knows how to make things fun, fishing yeah. trips, and mountains and camping. And we just, we, we had a lot of that. And I really feel like it was kind of my connection to heaven when I felt like I was in the darkness, you know? Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And it's, it's interesting. Do, do you feel like you're more like your dad or more like your mom? Ooh, I think I'm a good blend of both. Really. Good blend of both. Okay. My mom's a lover and a feeler. And my dad's like a get things done, but hilarious. Like, I really think I'm a good blend of both. Yeah, that's great. No, I've noticed that you're kind of a goofball on some of the things that you post. And <laughs> yes. you know, so that's why I asked the question. I'm like, oh, you, you are kind of like your dad, you know, putting underwear on your head and walking around the house and whatever. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Oh, you got to laugh. I just have to laugh or else I yeah. just, I want to check out. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, let's jump ahead a little bit here. And I want to talk about you've gone through some really tough times in your life. And, you know, to the point where, you know, you're on the verge of bankruptcy, divorce stuff, you know, total health collapse, and then this overwhelming perfectionism that you've struggled with. And, and you've even mentioned it, you know, you still struggle with it today, even and why don't you just kind of take us on that journey and just tell us your story around that. Okay, so I didn't know this at the time. But when my brother passed away, I made some decisions with my limited perception, like I, my, one of my dear friends and coaches, Preston Pugmire says it best, children are excellent observers and horrible perception. Like we're horrible with perception, mm. but really good at observing. So yeah. I looked around when I was a little dolly, nine years old, my brother was gone. My heart was broken. Everybody's hearts were broken. Cause Andy was such is such a light and yeah. joy and just, he was my best friend, my caretaker. He was my big brother yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So I decided at that point that it was my job to tap dance the rest of my life. Like, let's smile. Yeah. On my right? Like I needed to help make everyone happy because everybody was heartbroken. I decided that it was my job to make everybody happy, um, that I didn't get to heal from it because I just had to get busy helping everybody feel better. My parents never told me that. That wasn't something that I was taught. It was my perception of what I decided with my limited understanding at the time. And so that turned into some really, really toxic people pleasing. Yeah. Um, And then I developed some OCD tendencies. I would count my steps. I would clean and organize like all night long. I sucked my thumb till seventh grade. Mm. Um, I didn't know it, but I was, I was dealing with tremendous anxiety and trauma. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I did turn to things like gymnastics. I was a really avid gymnast and a competitive gymnast. Okay. Um, I kept myself really busy. So I was always the girl in every little thing and yeah. kind of didn't want to stop to process what had really happened. So into my marriage, I married a, a wonderful man who has a heart of gold yeah. and we love each other and we, um, we see each other and he had struggled. This has all taken years to come out, but he, yeah. it ended up that he had some addictions um, and some struggles there that we didn't know. He didn't even know about at the time. Um, and they just continued to develop uh, as we um, kind of the years went by and these things kept developing and we developed some codependent patterns of like, how do I feel? Let me put my hand on my husband's head to see how my temperature is. And he's like, how do I feel? Let me put my hand on Christy's head to see <laughs> right. how she, right? So yeah. it turned into some health problems because all of this unhealed trauma, it doesn't stay quiet, right? right. It's going to be made known. So I was diagnosed with an, an autoimmune condition. I started to feel like my energy was done. Like I just mm-hmm. wasn't my happy Christy self physically. Right. Um, and then I started to deal with more depression and anxiety that I couldn't just busy away. Right. I was having kids. My body was just going through all these changes. Um, and my marriage kind of progressively, we always worked on it and loved each other and, and tried again, but we didn't know how to deal with it. And so we found ourselves just like, we can't stay married anymore. Cause you make promises, you break them. I'm codependent. You're codependent. It's not yeah. working. Right. Yeah. And so, and that stuff doesn't like, it's not a secret to our finances. When that kind of stuff's happening, the finances are always affected. It's a trickle down effect. For right? sure. Yeah. Right. So I was doing hair. I had a salon in my basement and I loved my clientele. And that was such a blessing financially for us. And my husband had a degree and was doing sales and doing really well. Yeah. We were living that life, right. Had a beautiful home and chickens in the backyard and a garden yeah. and all these beautiful kids. And we were living the dream, but inside we were on the verge of bankruptcy, on the verge of divorce because our patterns were just not working. My mm-hmm. trauma and his addictions were just dancing and it was not working. And then my health was in the toilet because of all of this self-betrayal and right. not taking care of myself and thinking I had to please everybody, you know, and, and be perfect with my OCD tendencies. So it just created this storm um, that felt like crippling and suffocating. And so, um, I kind of reached a low point five years ago and I realized I had to do some things different to get us out of our financial hole, my health, we had to heal the relationship that we had and my heart, like I had to work some of through some of this trauma and it was called trauma. (laughs) I just knew it felt weird inside. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, what led up to that. 
part. You're right. Well, so obviously those are really difficult things. And I think a lot of people can relate with what you're saying, who's been married or they've been in, you know, even if they've been divorced, they can probably relate with a lot of what you're saying. And a lot of times it just almost, it seems like it just creeps up on us, right? Everything yeah. seems fine. And then all of a sudden we realize, wow, we've been going down this kind of a road and now we're at this dead end almost, what are we going to do? And so, you know, as you're going through this, um, are you seeking help or are you just kind of isolating yourself? I mean, how are you handling all that? So I've always been really into personal growth always since I was okay. little. I just had like, I'm a student and I have this hunger to learn. And like, there was something inside me that knew now I know this with clarity. <clears throat> something inside me knew that there was more. Yeah. And I was hungry to learn about how I could create more. Because I know I'm a daughter of God and I'm meant for abundance and peace and joy and service and outward focus. Yeah. But I found myself trapped by things that I didn't know how to get out of. So it was the baby steps. It was a class that I would take and I'd get one little thing and I'm always taking notes and I'm always yeah. writing. And then it was, you know, I'd be at church and hear something. I'd listen to a good podcast. I'd have a download during a workout and I would take some action on just those baby steps. We did have some counseling, but to be really honest, some of it at that time was premature. We, we had so much more to work on than just our marriage. Right. <laughs> so yeah. It felt like we needed to do some individual trauma healing separately so that we could be strong enough to come together and work on that. But that wasn't in our awareness at that time. We didn't know that. And so we just did the best we could with what we knew, which was very little about any of this. Yeah. Um, did, did your kids, I mean, you have four children, correct? Yeah. And you, you know, that, that in itself is challenging just having kids and, you know, it's also very rewarding and we know that, but, uh, were they noticing anything? Were the, some of the older kids noticing these challenges and these things that you guys were going through? You know, I think I made a decision and James too, but I can, I can speak for myself Okay. that I, would not fight in front of my kids. I never wanted them to experience that. Okay. Uh, that fear and that, you know, feeling unsafe. Um, and I think we did a pretty dang good job at, um, we did, we weren't fighting a lot. Um, and so it was something where we would take care of things privately and we were really a dang good team. <laughs> so okay. we, we can separate and we can definitely dig in and do parent life, but then those really sacred tender connection moments we kind of took privately but i will not be naive enough to think that they don't feel it i'm sure yeah. my oldest yeah. especially he's he's 16 now he just turned 16 okay so he really was the only one that experienced much of this um but i'm sure there was some energetic he had to have felt it and we've been very open with him and said you know we we want you to be able to work through these things and so we've got him going to therapy and and utilizing tools so that he can hopefully work these things out while he's younger. Yeah, <laughs> if sure. there is any residual, you know, energetic um, absorption of the things that we went through. Right. 
um, how is, how is your, did, did your faith play a part in this where did you rely on that a lot too? I know you're, you're, you know, you're spiritual, you're religious, you're faithful, that kind of thing. You're really involved in that. Is that, did that play a part in helping you, you know, not only navigate your children, but yourself as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like the atonement of Jesus Christ for me, I believe is the message of good news. It's the message of hope. Yeah. Not a damning message. Yeah. Not a trouble message. Yeah. Not a shame message. Yeah. It's a message of fresh starts. Yeah. And I believe that was one of the biggest pillars that enabled us to walk through that. Right. And stay married. Yeah. I, I know why you said this, but I, I want our listeners to, to maybe go through what you just said. You said it wasn't a shaming message. Why did you say that? Because I am convinced and I get super passionate right now. There is a gross misunderstanding about the atonement mm-hmm. and about Jesus Christ and about personal development. It is not a message of you're bad, sick, and wrong. It is a message of you are a divine, beautiful child of God. You are an infinite co-creator with God. This is about you having compassion for your humanness and becoming a little bit more that divine, beautiful person that you actually are. It is not bad, sick, and wrong. It is, you are a human. Let's step into your next level of healing. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause I know a lot of people, you're right. They do struggle with that. And, you know, they sometimes think God, their higher power, however they want to view it is like an umpire ready to count you out, you know, strike one, strike two, strike three, and you're out. Sorry, it's over. You know, whereas I I'm so glad you said that Christy, cause that, that was powerful. I, I really felt that. And I, and I agree with you. I think we need to realize that, that it's, uh, it's not a shaming message. It's a loving, caring, compassionate, you know, welcoming, come towards me message. And so thank you for sharing that part of it. Absolutely. I've recently been really getting in touch with that and I have some strong emotions about it. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Yes. I can feel your passion. I can feel your emotions. So thank you. You know, I know. So let's talk a little bit about this perfectionism and people pleasing. This is something you talk a lot about. You're, you're, you're now helping people and we'll get to that in a minute, but talk about how this has been something that's even paralyzed you at times and just describe that and what this looks like. So our listeners can understand, you know, why this has been so challenging for you. Okay. So perfectionism, I used to think it was like, Oh, good. I strive. I'm driven. Right. I have a desire to be all that I can be. I never saw the ugly side of it until my adult years, honestly. Um, and I remember one, one situation in particular, I was coming home from Zion. We'd had a beautiful experience hiking in the narrows and it was so rejuvenating and just like centering and aligning. And I felt so good and in flow. And then we were driving home and I literally started to feel my heart pound and I was like, Oh no, I have to go back to my life. And then I stopped for a minute and I was like, wait a minute, why am I feeling anxiety about going back to my life? I have a beautiful life. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I started to see 
the ugly side of this perfectionism. I started to see how dang hard on myself I was and how I expected to be everything to everyone and how I just wanted to make everybody happy and didn't take care of myself because I was a kind of a martyr. Like, no, I'm yeah. just going to, you know, give everything I have. And, and it was not working, but it was that moment when I had some awareness about, oh, uh, this isn't beautiful. <laughs> right. There's some good things that come from being driven, no doubt. But inside my heart, this perfectionism was suffocating and soul damning. Yeah. And it was causing eye twitches and my autoimmune condition and pounding heart and cloudy head and just feeling completely incapable to show up to the life that I wanted because I had made it just ridiculous and inachievable, like on a, in a, what's the word? Um, not attainable, not attainable. Yeah. A standard. My, I remember my husband just grabbing my cheeks and going, honey, you got to stop. You're trying to be too much to everyone and being perfect. Mm. And it's not sustainable. It's not a reality. And you're just yeah. killing yourself. Right. So the people pleasing part, I did hair. <laughs> and so my job was to make people feel super thrilled about how they looked. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of definitely was kind of woven into this way of being that I was in of just when I would please someone, I literally felt like that was my worth. That was my worth as a human. Right. If I was making people happy around me and the adverse was also true. If I wasn't saying yes, this is yeah. going to be true for a lot of the mamas out there. If I wasn't saying yes to everything that someone asked me to do, if I wasn't just completely thrilling, you know, people to ask me to do things, or if I was slightly not completely thrilling to people, I wasn't a worthy human. Mm. That took a wow. lot of coaching and digging to figure that out. Yeah. But I was literally gaining my worthiness as a human from if I was able to please people to death. Wow. That's exhausting, isn't it? You know, yes. and, and, it, and it, yeah, right. And it perpetuates that belief that I'm not good enough because you're not perfect. You never will be. And, yeah. and I agree. I love how you clarified. It's good to be driven. There's nothing wrong with striving to try to do good things and accomplish things. But like you said, when it gets to that point where, you know, you're obsessed with, I've got to be here and then I'll be okay. Yeah. Then you never get there. Then you're never okay. Yep. So I'm glad you kind of clarified that. That was really eye-opening for me to hear you say that. Yeah. Well, I remember a season when I was kind of beating myself up for the business that I was doing. We've since created some amazing success in a wellness business, right? And it's been such a blessing to us, but it was really disorienting for my identity mm -hmm. to be, okay, now you're taking time away from your family, right? Yeah. And time away from your kids. What if someone dies? You're going to beat yourself up for not spending every second staring into their eyes. Right. That was so exhausting. And I remember a moment just feeling like, no, this is a God given drive that I have. It's God given. There's so many blessings and so many people that have been blessed by this drive that I have, but I get to learn how to temper that in a way that works for my heart and my soul. Yeah where I can still take care of myself. And it's not something that is, that saps everything I have. Right. No, that's beautiful. So obviously these struggles and challenges have led you to do exactly what you just mentioned. I'd like to get to know more about that. You know, your coaching, 
uh, we mentioned you're, you're in the process of writing a book. I think that's when I first met you. You were up in Park City working on your book and yeah. it was snowing and it was really cool to talk to you then. <laughs> and yeah. so you do, you know, you do this self-coaching program to empower people. Explain all that and what are you doing and tell us how that all came about. So I have always loved writing. I mean, even in high school when people would be like, oh no, I have to write a paper. I was like, <laughs> I'm so excited. I love to write. I love to write. I'm a journal writer. I'm a doodler. I like to letter. Like I'm very creative that way. Yeah. And um, so I always knew I was supposed to write. I just didn't know what it looked like. And to be really honest, Todd, like I'm still in the middle of figuring out exactly what it looks like. Yeah, I'm okay imperfect action and just doing it right so I've written out a lot of it but I have these concepts there's eight concepts I'm not okay. going to say that it's just going to be eight but I've narrowed down eight that I have learned and I'm not perfect at that's the biggest right. part of this is I, I used to think I had to be perfect at it to be to speak with any sort of authority <laughs> right <laughs> I wasn't talking about it right but there's eight concepts that I feel are really foundational to heal from not loving yourself, from shaming yourself, from a um, scarcity mentality, which I've battled, grief, um, codependency, being a victim. I mean, victim mentality, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Um, and just, you know, scarcity in your finances. I've, I've just nailed down eight key themes that I love to talk about that I feel are really empowering yeah. when people implement. So I'm in the middle of writing the book. I have done some coaching but I actually am, I've been putting my focus on my business and I'm getting ready to launch some coaching around these eight concepts nice. and some really like vulnerable talking and some, some sheets. Cause we're writers, right? We want some sheets yeah. to fill out. Um, but that's kind of in progress as we speak. Right on. Is there, is there one of those eight key principles that you could maybe share with us right now or something oh. that, or is that, or do we need to wait for the book? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it all. Right. <laughs> so I'll share with you one thing. Cause I want to tie it to something I'll talk to a little bit, a, okay. a, speak a little bit later. Um, for me, when I realized that I truly am a co-creator with God and the universe, whatever people believe is true for them. Yeah. When I realized I that I have the power of choice that yes, I'm a God girl. Yes. I'm a universe girl, but those things are kind of deactivated if I am not choosing into creating with them. Right. And so this concept of accountability, choice and accountability and with loads of compassion for the choices that we make, right? And learning that our focus, what we focus on with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our words, those things Right. When we really understand that that is what's creating the results that we're currently experiencing. Yeah. And we take full accountability for that. No more blaming, no more excuses, no more. I'm a victim to this, the situation, but we truly take accountability for whatever part we played in creating those results. Um, even if it's a tiny part, we take that yeah. accountability. We take back our power. And if we had a tiny yeah. part in creating it, yeah. then we have a way to create something different right? that is in alignment with our greatest good and with our, um, you know, what we really do want to create. So I'm, I get butterflies talking about choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like law of manifestation, but sure, it's a little different. There, there has to be loads of compassion or else people just go, right. I'm not going to, no, 
I'm yeah. going to beat myself up if I take accountability. So there, it's kind of this, this formula that, that is, is pretty empowering. Do you want uh, me to share this really quick? It's sure. Cool. Please. <laughs> Please. No, you're great. This is awesome. So there's a tool and there's not a fun, I really, really need to find a fun little acronym for this, but there isn't one. So here it is. Ready, fire, aim. It's F-T-T-F-C-I-A. F-T-T-F-C-I-A. And basically it is that what we focus on expands. Right. So it's this message of creation, of co-creation. So the F, that first F is focus. People, that's so nebulous. It seems so big and so broad, but this kind of narrows it to help people to start to self-coach. Yeah. They can start to be a conscious creator, right? That first F is focus. So what we focus on expands. What's your focus? Well, what you're talking about, that's the second T or the first T, what you're thinking about and what you're feeling about. Mm. So FTTF. Gotcha. At any given moment, you want to say, well, where is where is my focus? Oh, it's on this. Well, is it really? What am I talking about? <laughs> Thinking about, and what am I feeling about? That's going to reveal your focus, yeah, right? Love it. And then the C is compassion because that awareness is powerful, but it must be followed with lots of compassion. Of course you felt that way. Of course, that's where your focus is. That's your old story. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. But that's the compassion. And then the I is intentional. It's not about good vibes only. No, <laughs> that's not realistic. Right. Sure. Sure. It's about intentional, being intentional with your focus. So if someone passes away and you're grieving, of course you need to grieve. Right. It's not good vibes only. That's being intentional. I right now am focusing on feeling this emotion so that I can move it through me. Right. So you're being intentional with what you want to create so you can harness those things to be a powerful co-creator. And then the A is action. Mm. So even the tiniest little bit of action, you've got that clarity of where your awareness is, compassion, intentional about what you want to create. And then you move that into the teeniest bit of action, like immediately. So someone has a goal of wanting to move more. They do those steps, they self-coach and they realize, Ooh, I want to move more right? And then stand up and do five jumping jacks right then. Like something just to move that from here and here into the physical reality Yeah. to move it into creation. So that's a tool that I love that I'm going to talk a lot about this kind of stuff with my coaching in my book. Nice. I love that. That was powerful. And I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, it, it reminds me too, I, you know, I'll tell my clients all the time, what you focus on increases, right? you know, or expands or magnifies all of that. And it's so true. And I, I, I do believe that choice is the ultimate power. And I think we take it for granted. I, th- I think we, that's what makes us powerful human beings. You know, we can be powerful in a negative way, or we can be powerful in a positive way. We get to choose that. And that's the beauty of it. So you're speaking my language there and I love it. Yes. And I'm excited for this book. Um, do you know the name of the book yet by chance? Or is that something you're holding on to? <laughs> I, I like that. Talk about perfectionism in action. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a title, so I can't write it. And I was like, screw that. I'm just going to start writing and it will come, yeah. right? Yeah, Something it'll come. About, like a return to who you really are, mm-hmm. um, owning your choice, 
I mean, it'll be good. Yeah, when we're you're working on it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come. Yeah. And that's, and that's the beauty of it. It'll, it'll hit you and you'll know when it's right. And, and that's great. Uh, so, and so you're doing this coaching, you're writing this book. Is there anything else that you're working on that uh, you could share with us that's maybe coming out in the future or something else that you have in mind? Oh gosh, I have a vision. Okay. Rubbing my hands together as we speak. <laughs> I got a vision. So I'm a jewelry girl. I've got, I usually have like jewelry, right? Right. Okay. And it all has meaning. It all has a reminder because the things that we focus on expand. So if there's yeah. something on my wrist that has a, a new story attachment to it of something that I'm working on stepping into like some sort of version of me that, that yeah. I see in the future, if there's some meaning around it, well, then that's going to assist us and support us in creating that reality. So I want to have a jewelry line that's like mm. all about, you know, I know there's lots of things out there. I have a necklace right now that has meaning and there's lots of cool stuff, but the vision is to have events. I've done some events in the past, but not like fully encompassing all these things that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I want to do events where people can come and get clarity on their old stories, get clarity on their new exceptional life vision, um, and then just simply remove the drama and get clarity on those things so they can create it, right? Okay, yeah. So events like that so people can have the jewelry and the reminders and maybe journals and you know the workbook that I'm creating and, and then a, a coaching that's once a week to just like support people on this process. So I have that vision and we're just one baby stepping at a time. <laughs> No, I love it. That's, that sounds exciting. And, and what's cool is uh, one of the things that I'm always reminded of is how life happens for us. You know, you've been through so much and, but it's interesting how, because you've gone through all that, look what you get to do now. And you wouldn't be in a position to do these things or even writing this book and this coaching stuff that you're doing and these eight powerful principles that you're going to be preaching how could you ever even do that had you not gone through what you've been through? Amen, Todd. Amen. You know? And yeah. so I really, I, I just think, yeah, as hard as that is, I always say this, adversity is your wake-up call to your greatness. Mm. It was waking you up all along the way. And and even going back and, you know, as hard as it is losing your brother. And, and I would imagine your brother right now is very, very proud of you. Mm. Thank you. I'm making her cry. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. I know it is too. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a very powerful, inspiring woman who I think everyone listening to you right now can relate because I know everyone listening right now is going through some of their own battles. We we're not perfect. Life can at times be really hard, yeah. you know? So if there's someone listening to you right now who is just in a really dark spot or just they feel stuck, mm. what, what's some advice? I mean, you've given some beautiful advice throughout this whole thing, but is there anything you could tell this particular person right now? There's a couple things I'm going to write, so don't forget. Sure. First of all, um, I would say I spent a lot of years denying my own heart. <clears throat> Feeling some strong feels and not allowing myself to feel it. Thinking I had to have good vibes only. Ooh, can you see I don't? <laughs> or God, just be positive and just, you know, yeah. 
that is not the message that someone that's in a pit needs to hear. Right. Someone that is struggling and that's feeling the darkness surrounding and feels like they can't get out of bed needs to hear, I see you. Yeah. I feel you. I'm breathing with you. Feel what you feel. Listen to that. If you need to get help, I have a trauma specialist that I work with. I have a coach. I'm pulling out all the stops to get resources, right? We all deserve that support. Yeah. Um, But that person that's, that's feeling stuck doesn't need another thing. They need to give themselves permission to feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Say, of course you're feeling that. Of course you are. Right now, once you're done feeling all those feels, take some breaths and say, what if I knew what my next baby step was? Just one teeny baby step. And then one baby step to the next. Yeah. The third thing I would say, and this is quite the different energy, but Todd, here's what I want you to do. Are okay. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Put your hand like this. So if you're listening, I want you to put your hand up, like you're raising your hand with your hands together. And I want you to put it on your back, middle back, And then I want you to just slide your hand down. Keep sliding it. Keep sliding until you feel a crack. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I'm feeling my crack right now. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, dude, we're in this freaking thing together. If you have a crack, you're a human. And if you're a human, you're going to have dark days. You're going to have awesome days. You're going to have days that suck and you want to not get out of bed. You're going to have days where you're on a mountaintop. It's part of the human experience. So even all the religious like debates and the political and all the debates at the end of the day, all of us have butt cracks and we're all humans. (laughs) No one is exempt from the human condition of making mistakes, feeling strong feels we're here to learn. Right. Right. So my last thing I would say is we are in this together. Yeah. We all have been through the swamp. We've all had experiences where we felt the darkness and just knowing that we're all, I'm breathing every single person on this, 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 uh, show right now, I'm breathing with you. And sometimes we don't need to fix it. We don't need advice to people. We just need to breathe together and just know that we will get through this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Beautifully said. And that, that was awesome. Cause it, 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 what it did is it, it just brings again, a little bit of joy in that moment. So that was awesome. <laughs> yep. The only people exempt are cone heads cause they don't have butt cracks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a question for you before okay. we wrap this up. What do you love about you most Christy? Hmm. I love my ability to love people. Yeah. I truly feel that um, I have been given a gift. I get to see people just a glimpse of how their creator sees them. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my greatest joys because man, everyone's beautiful. Yeah. Everyone's beautiful. And I, I, I have an eye for beauty. I've been told not just the physical dimension, but of the spiritual dimension, the beauty of the soul. And I'm so grateful to have those eyes and to be able to see people in their absolute truth, which is their divine beautiful, exceptional version. Right. Glimpse of that. And it's just such a joy to me. Well, that truly is a gift. And uh, there's a lot to love about you, Christy. And 
I just, I don't know. I, I've, I am inspired listening to you today. You know, obviously I've done a bunch of research before and we've talked a few times before, but to, to really sit here with you face to face almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I'm in the room with you, but you know, the passion and love you have for, for others, um, you can feel that. And that's mm -hmm. why you're going to be successful at coaching. And this book's going to be amazing. And you know, you're going to do amazing things. You already are, and you're going to continue doing so. And you'll do all these amazing things, even though you're not perfect, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, Todd, because I'm committed Yep. and perfect, right? That's yep. where the greatness comes in. Thank you, you so much, Todd. You betcha. If, if someone wants to reach out to you, Christy, and get to know you better and follow you on social media, and, and eventually when your book's ready, they can get a copy and all that fun stuff. What's the best way for them to do that? I am on Instagram. My name is going to change soon. So this is really interesting timing. It is going to be just Christy Jets, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-J-E-X. Okay. But for now, it is Sockety Life, S-O-C-K-E-T-Y Life on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well. So Christy Cook Jets is my, okay. my Facebook name. Um, but I definitely will be sharing as there's developments on my social media Great. Um, that's a way to connect and, and get more if you want it and yeah. break yourself, right, Todd? Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, again, you're a mom of four, you're a wife to James, you live in Southern Utah, you love the sunshine, you love dance parties, and mm -hmm. you're just a ball of energy, honestly. <laughs> and, and that's what makes you great. And uh, thank you for coming on and being vulnerable with us and sharing your life story with us. And and it really is going to help a lot of people. So I appreciate you, Christy. Of course. I appreciate you, Todd. Again, I'm just so inspired by what you're creating and it's just, it's beautiful. So thank you for allowing me to share. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to tune in to more of all these amazing people. So right. great. Thank you, Christy. Okay, guys. Well, there you go. I told you it would be another amazing guest. And here we are again. And Christy Jax is amazing. Please reach out to her. Check her out on Instagram and, and Facebook and get ready. And so we can all be, uh, we can all go buy her book when it's ready to go and, and obviously learn more from you as you go along this journey. And, but, uh, please share this with anyone you might know that's struggling, share it with your family members. And again, thank you for all your support. Thank you Veracity Networks for believing in me and pushing this forward. It, I can't tell you how much this means to me. I love all of you, Christy. Thank you for everything. And, uh, we'll, until next time, everyone. Thank you. Love you all.